News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Siobhan McLaughlin was murdered by her husband Brian Carney back in 2006 and he is due up for parole within the next couple of weeks and her heartbroken sister Ashling McLaughlin joins us now. Good morning to you Ashling. Listen, thank you very much for speaking to us here on News Talk Breakfast. If you don't mind, will you briefly remind people what happened to poor Siobhan? Um, what happened to Siobhan was that uh, she was trying to leave um, a very unhappy marriage um, that was back in 2000, late 2005, going into 2006. Um, she <clears throat> had consulted lawyers and solicitors. Um, she was determined and she was making her way out. And of course, that is um, textbook, one of the most uh, worst times. Um, yeah. Now we know that. We didn't actually know it at the time. Um, and Siobhan effectively, um, when she made known what she wanted to do and she was trying to engage with Brian Carney, um, in just letters herself, personal letters that she sent him, and then um, through her solicitor, he just refused to have any um, any involvement in the process. So at refused all. to entertain and the idea. And subsequently, turned out that um, he um, he took her life. He he uh, he strangled her. Okay. And um, I suppose okay. one of the things that keeps coming back to me is the fact that there was a moment where, and I know this from the court case, that when he uh, attacked Siobhan, that she was unconscious. And there was, there was time there where he could have changed his mind and he could have said, you know, what am I doing? I'll get an ambulance. You know, yeah. I'll do something. This but he didn't do that. He went further. And then he went, he went further and he strangled her with flex. Yeah. And then he went further and he set it up to look like she had committed suicide. Yeah. So there's, there's three pretty, pretty awful steps here that were taken by this individual. Okay. Um, it's 17 years since, since Siobhan was murdered. Um, I'm sure that doesn't seem like very long to yourself and the rest of the family. When you hear that he could be freed shortly enough because of the parole system, um, how does that leave you as a family feeling? Well, you're, quite honestly, I, I don't accept that he would be freed. Uh, I don't even, that doesn't even come into my thinking that he could ever be freed and you can call me naive but as far as I'm concerned the basis for any type of parole is that there is an acknowledgement that there is an admission of some sort that there's rehabilitation there's remorse there's none of that so why there is even a process for somebody or an individual who hasn't expressed any of those elements why for me it's just um it's, it's time wasting surely that has to be the basis okay and just in terms of, uh, as it happens, I, I do know somebody else who, who, who had a, a family member who was a victim of a, a serious crime and they found every single time that the perpetrator came up for parole, it brought them back. It was actually re-traumatising and extremely difficult. Would you agree with that? It is. It's... Um it's absolutely horrific. It just leaves you with a pit in your stomach. The fact is that you have this, um, he gets the, okay, so up until 2019, it was amended. They were able to get parole um, from, or at least uh, were eligible for parole after seven years. It has gone up to 12 years. There is more of engagement with the victim's family. They're the two yeah. things that have made a difference. Um, but 
he still gets to do that every two years. He also doesn't get, he doesn't have to apply. I just want to make this really clear. In the documentation, in the book that I have, I had a meeting with the, um, the secretary of the parole board last week, the victim liaison officer. Okay. And we went through all the details um, of the, the process because I wanted to know exactly what's going to happen. And I found that he doesn't actually apply. He gets the standard letter which he receives and he has to RSVP effectively whether he'd like to um, engage. So yes or no is all he needs to do. Okay. And when he does that, all the wheels start turning. Everybody starts jumping through hoops to get a dossier together. So a dossier is put together, which includes reports from the chaplain, from the psychologist, guards, the work training officer, an education report, all of that. Okay. We also submit to that dossier because we have to put our um, okay. statements in. He gets to see the whole dossier. He gets to see all of that. In addition, there's meetings, which we can now have. I can meet the board. Two members of the board will meet me. Generally, it's going to be only two members of a family. But in this case, they're going to um, have three and then they may even have to facilitate two meetings. And they have said that to me. So that's fine. Okay. Because we come from a very large family. Okay. Um, can I ask you just lastly, before I, I, I let you go, if you don't mind, actually, what would you like to see change in terms of this, I suppose, this system for, for justice for victims and their family? Well, I'd like to, I know there's been some change here, but I think it's a total fallacy to say that um, he's, uh, he's making an application based on the fact that there's been some change in his behaviour or that he's been rehabilitated or has accepted some sort of responsibility. That hasn't happened. Okay. He is offered an opportunity every two years to avail of this and he has to do nothing okay. except sit on his hands and everybody else has to run around, get all the reports together. So I think that's very unfair. It's also the fact that we don't get to see any of his material and he gets to see all of ours. All right. Look, thank you for speaking to us this morning. I mean, I can hear the the pain and the and the anger and all of that in everything you're saying, Ashling, I do appreciate it. That is Ashling McLaughlin there, who is the sister of murdered Siobhan McLaughlin. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with Air. Weekday mornings at seven on News Talk.